you are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the you <laughs> G she's out S Robinson <laughs> Yeah the unkindest cut of them all the critics what do kids know you G S Robinson show Stop Welcome, my friends, uh, to a show that seemingly never sort of ends. Uh, this is a version uh, a two, two, five of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. It's a fine line. <laughs> Can you see it? I got to have it made a little deeper. My man, Musa Von Tlick in Brussels did it. Fine line. It's a fine line between intelligence and stupidity. What we're talking about. It's what we just saw. I know. Go be with the family, man. As well as a few other things because I haven't gotten the Substack written yet. So I'll give you a sneak peek into what that's going to be since I'm going to write it after the show. But we're going to talk about what we saw last night. But before we start sucking each other's dicks about how great it was, I got news for you. I don't come to praise it. I come to bury it. But first, Bob Riley singing a sin with Stigmata, the calling of the just, like he has every time since 2007. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammock, run you out of town, your mayor pro them, and treat you to the nightclub. Listen. But I could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. Being paid back in full, always nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, hey, Eugene. So what's what's going on, Eugene? You you uh, what's the Mr. Robinson? How are things going? Well, son, I got to tell you, not well, not well at all. But on two, two, five, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Let's get the commercials out of the way. Commercials. Mmm, Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, huh? Nine five zero one four at yahoo.com. If you want to PayPal the cash for the show, there. Patreon.com slash the stomper. If you pay uh, for the show that way, you need to know there will be no charge for July because of the Boonwell tour. I did one show in July. So we do not charge you for shows we do not do. Uh, however, August should be a full complement plus one. So consider that you got two or one or two for free. Eugene dash Robinson dash 28. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Look at it. Look who it is. It's 
Mr. MT. We just talked about you. I'll talk about the people who were here who we just talked about you with. Uh, so we'll go into that. Uh, some record store folks. Um, Eugene-Robinson-28. If that is uh, Venmo, it's either Cash App or Venmo. I can't remember. Planet Oxbow, either Cash App or Venmo. I don't remember. Or the old-fashioned way, through the mail, P.O. Box 19271, Stanford, California, 94309. And I need to say a discussion started yesterday at Jiu-Jitsu or Thursday at Jiu-Jitsu about um, what should we strive for as humans? What should we strive for as humans? And we're trying to, you know, this is on the tail end of the three-week Oxbow argument about why murder is wrong. It took us three weeks to, to establish that a society that somehow sanctions or embraces murder as a, a, a useful social tool is an inherently unstable society and therefore can't meet the basic tenets of a society which is to propagate itself. It took three weeks to get to that. So we say, okay, what does a person strive to be? Marty G busts out with, I think, virtue. Because I was saying, well, kindness or goodness or mercy or these things, these are those fuzzy word things that we should talk about. Is it, and he just comes up with virtue. And I was like, virtue? Man, I, I can't see anything wrong with virtue. But I start to think after a while as I get lost in virtue talk. Uh, um, no, it was good. It was good. So a, a virtue talk, it's like, okay, virtue is like one of those words that sends people out to die. And I start to think about Stevens, the Supreme Court Justice, who talks about pornography and says, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is when you see it. I said, virtue is like that. So then I mentioned this to Kasha. She goes, well, no, virtue, you know, there's seven virtues. I go, how do they come up with seven? Well, to match the seven deadly sins as a counterpoint to the seven deadly sins. I said, that sounds suspect to me. She goes, well, you don't believe it? I said, no, to try to match the seven deadly sins to virtues. It's not like the opposite of lust is something virtuous. I don't think lust lacks virtue. I think in total, lust is, is a good thing. But of course, when you talk about seven deadly sins, it's always excessive. They use the modifier excessive. So I started thinking about virtues. Well, let me look up virtue. And of course, there are seven virtues, but these were bullshit ones later created by the church. The basic that Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all these cats agree on are that there are four virtues. There's justice temperance, fortitude, and I forget what the fourth one is because clearly I'm not so concerned with virtue. So now, right away, virtue, as presented initially by Marty G, in my mind, was just a generalized good, good, uh, maybe re-reason. Well, it's just easy enough to find out. Let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's look it up, uh, the four virtues, because I think it's probably important to the flow of the conversation that I actually know what they are. Yeah, we're talking about society separate from the state. If we were talking about Plato or Socrates, they definitely would have been. They would have been separate from the state. Let's so here we go. Four virtues. I'm gonna just type in virtues. It's simpler, and I don't have to waste your time. Will I? Virtues list. Okay. So they are. Now somebody else says there are ten virtues, and then non-virtues. And what are the seven virtues? What are the five important virtues? A uh, hundred virtues to live. You know what? See, this is what happens with people. And this is why it sucks. Four virtues. Let's just virtues list Aristotle. Boom. That there he is. All right. So uh, virtue ethics, definition of virtue theory, 
moral luck, temperance. Here we go. Temperance, courage, justice, friendliness. That's that's derived from the web. I don't know the main virtues of Aristotle. Aristotle says prudence, justice, temperance, and courage. This is what I was thinking about. So this puts a finer point on it, but these are humans talking. So I was like, okay, I think even kids have an innate sense of justice. If you remember the chimp story, maybe not so with chimps, subhuman primates. They had a bunch of raisins. They gave one chimp 10 raisins. They gave the other chimp two raisins. The chimp that had two raisins, it wasn't hardwired into him that he immediately should take the jawbone of an ass and smash his brother's head in. That is humans. Why does he get two and I, why do I get two and he gets 10? Monkeys were, chimps were not concerned about this. So I'd say justice is an inherently, I, I, meeting the, the, the stricture of justice, I don't know that automatically that makes it a good thing, right? But justice, fairness, equity, equality seems to be an overall positive. How do I bring this to bear in my own life if the choice is whether or not to have sexual congress with the wife of a friend or a married woman? remove the friend from the equation. Some would say that's a move that lacks virtue uh, because it's unjust. What makes it unjust? Unjust to who? I'm not gonna argue through all these points. I'm just gonna go through the list. I like virtue as a macro concept, but when you start talking, I don't know that, 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 that Marty G meant it as a macro concept. I think he meant it as a, in an Aristotelian way, prudence, which is the wiseness, uh, you're not going to get too much argument from there. That's like me coaching somebody from the sideline and go, what do I do out there, coach? You got to get out there and you got to win. My corner instructions to you, Dominic Cruz, are win. I have these discussions all the time because I start to think there's a guy who ran into my garbage cans the other day, knocked him down, strewn my garbage all over the street Thursday night, didn't clean it up. Friday morning at 6.30, I'm out there picking up garbage off the street. I was like thinking, if I was out there and I had my gun with me, I would shoot that guy in the face. And 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 so we have a discussion. They go, that's not just. All right, what about the guy in the smoke shop in Las Vegas who climbs the counter and says, give me your money? And the guy says, just leave. And he climbs the counter. The guy grabs a box cutter and begins slicing at his throat. Then he turns around, does a Reddit AMA, and people jump on him for like, well, first of all, you're an idiot for doing an MMA, which I agree. But there was nothing in that store that was worth that guy's life. Where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? If I come up to you and say, hey, I'm sorry, could you lend me, could you? Could I have $20? And you go, no. It's okay. How about this? How about you lend me $20? No. How about this? Empty your pockets and give me the $20. Now, each time I've increased the valence of the, of the argument. So by the third time, you feel threatened. But I haven't said, give it to me or I'll kill you. I just said, empty your pockets and give it to me. Implied threat, not actual threat. Does that guy have a right to turn around and kill me? Well, the law as it stands is if he feels threatened. A self-defensive action is not an offensive action. Therefore, it's covered by justice. None of it's virtuous. So you start to look prudence, 
Okay, that's just like saying win, right? Just, uh, prudence. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with prudence. Generally, somebody who is wise, who can uh, applied knowledge, is a healthy thing. Temperance. Okay, that means you know, try even keel. You're going to eat a cupcake. Don't eat ten cupcakes. You're going to have a drink. Don't have ten drinks. You, you're going to have sex with one married woman. Don't have sex with ten married women. How is that a positive, a virtue? I don't know. Except, back to the murder argument, it breeds stability. You don't have you don't have ten different people wanting to murder you. Stability and courage, which I find to be the most curious virtue of them all. Now, a friend of mine said, "Okay, in these mass casualty events, of which there are many, have been many, so you could pick anyone based on your taste and your temperament." And he was saying, yeah, he'd be standing outside. There are two types of people. There's the people running inside going, I'm going to see if they're okay. And then there's the Uvalde police force who goes, I hope those guys are going to be okay as somebody else runs into the building. One we can clearly say is a product of courage. Now, the point is that Stephen says about pornography, knowing it when you see it, in this instance, we know virtuous behavior when we see it because it seems selfless. Which means, in a weird way, self-abnegation seems to be a virtue. Somebody placing others before themselves seems to be a total good. Why? In general, people who have no instinct for self-preservation, I don't have time for. Hey, I think there's a train coming. No, I'm pretty sure there's definitely a train coming. You want to step off the tracks? Well, I'm not 100% sure that the train is coming. I think you need to step off the tracks. I don't know if I should step off the tracks. If you don't step off the tracks, you're going to die. If only somebody could help me step off the tracks. I mean, what, so, you mean like your legs, your feet? I'm incapable of stepping off the tracks myself. Is it because of your legs or your feet? No, I don't know. I'm just confused. Somebody, please help me. Help you step off the tracks. Well, now it's too late for me to do anything. I'm probably just going to die unless you put your life at peril and get me off these tracks. And I do so. And I get this fool off the tracks and I got hit by the train. Is that a high virtue? Apparently, in Aristotelian terms, it is. Now, you wonder, where's this going, Eugene? Where's it? Look, at, a few years ago, I was called upon to, uh, 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 let's see, how could I put this? I was called upon to attend uh, uh, a, a talk by Salman Rushdie. And uh, I am a, a notorious cockroach, by which I mean survivor. If you remember the story of Jake Action and John breaking it with, with John breaking into the police paddy wagon. <laughs> yeah. Breaking into the police paddy wagon and then on the triple date, double blind date, walking down toward our dates, oblivious to the cars that are the police cars that are driving 90 miles an hour down the wrong way street, lights going and cops jumping over the hoods like Starsky and Hutch. 
as I call their names, Jake, John, Jake, John, 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 Jake. And they're so focused on the women and, and John is focused on all the crystal meth he has in his pocket and the, and the mag light and the hat he stole from the paddy wagon that they don't hear me. And I just stop walking and look in the window of that video game place that used to be right next to the Mabuhe on San Francisco's uh, uh, Broadway in San Francisco, across from the stone. And the cops get them and beat them to within an inch of their lives, put them in the, in, the, in the police car, take them off two blocks over to the police station. I take the women home back to back to Oakland. Survivor. Survivor. I wanted to help those guys. Those guys were somehow beyond help. I think I served the highest virtue in that instance by preventing the night from being a total wash. I could accompany the women back to Oakland. And actually, I didn't take them back to Oakland. I made sure, chivalrous fellow that I am, that they got back to Oakland in one piece. I got them a ride. And I got a ride with the roadie from Los Alvedados, Howard, who gave me a ride in his 65 Chevy Chevelle, which is partially framed my love for Chevy Chevelles. Later ended up, since I'm writing this memoir now for Feral House, recall, recalling all these memories, ended up with one of the women went to Mills College. Apparently, apparently she had to go into therapy. As a result of having been with me, I don't know why this came up in the memoir. You'll have to read it. Walk Across Dirty Water, due in April of 2020, or uh, out in April 2023, so far I've been told. I mean, there's good for me, insofar as good for me is also good for you, and therefore good for us. Is that virtue? I like to say, I talked to somebody recently about an event I have coming up in LA in October. And the guy runs this, uh, he runs this artisanal bean thing and I want to have him supply it for an event I have last Thursday in October. And I said to the guy, I would always rather give money to people I know than people I don't know. It's good for me. And it's good for you. It's good for us. It seems to be a clear-cut virtue all around. However, people at Bayer, IG Farben, might have said the same thing about Nazi Germany. I make Zyklon, Zyklon, Zyklon B. I sell you Zyklon B. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for us. Apparently, you have a, a terrible rat problem that you need help with, I guess, I'm producing more Zyklon B for you than I have for any other industry in America. You must have a lot of rats to deal with. Is it virtuous or is, does it lack virtue? Guy jumps the counter. People say, how are you going to kill a guy? I, I don't know. At what point is this serving my interest and therefore serving your interest stands as counter to virtue? As a guy who frequents smoke shops, I might like inexpensive goods at smoke shops. Goods that don't have to have their prices raised to cover theft. More often, instability implied by threat by theft breeds unstable society. What if the guy had said, I'm not giving you anything, just leave. He pulls out a gun and shoots him. What if? Well, you can't say, you could be shot at any given point. I guess I could. 
if somebody cuts in line in front of me in the supermarket, is it the chicken argument? The father, the, the, the Turkish father who comes home, son, they stole a chicken. And next thing you know, the whole family farm is burned and everybody's murdered. And it wasn't just a chicken. So I, I, I feel if you think about the creation of something like cities, I feel that collective action is best served and virtue as defined by what's good for the greatest number of us is an okay thing. And this is where I run afoul of the of the UFC. The UFC fight night, as we saw it last night, uh, 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 Mr. Iz is doing some family stuff today, but he was like saying, I'm watching Predator. I don't even want to watch this fight. You know, I, had, I think I had four cares on a 14, 14 fight card. And I started watching with uh, Nunes. I think I started watching that with that fight. So I did. I was training at, at one o'clock when it started, but by two or two thirty, I was dialed in watching it on on the phone. And if you go backwards through it, like we did on Care Don't Care earlier this morning, the show come after they edit it goes live tomorrow. The Care Don't Care preview, but we talk about the fights we just saw. We start off with the with the uh, 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 Rivera uh, and Cruz fight, and we backed in. But I I, I don't want to start there. I want to start there with Landweir and Onam, uh, Onami, because these guys fought a fight that was largely like Stefan uh, B- uh, Bonner and Forrest Griffin. It was a fight for the ages. As, as Nash said, if you listen to the show tomorrow that comes out tomorrow at noon, Nash said, listen, the reason why this fight was exciting, and he, and he mentioned the boxing fight, like uh, Golodkin and I can't remember who else, he goes, because one guy had figured out, I'm outclassed, I'm outgunned, I'm just swinging for the fences. And it was exciting because of that. And this may have been the case. These guys may have no upper belt, upper echelon belt aspirations, but they just decided, screw it, I'm not going down like that. And they fought, it was like Frazier Ali, except without the personal animus, they fought their hearts out from opening bell to ending bell. And Nash said, if I were his corner, I would have called it after the second round. And he said, well, no, I like what the corner did. I've seen fighters destroyed by corners with less fortitude, also one of the virtues, fortitude. I think that's what they mean by courage in Aristotelian terms. And the guy was winning the fight, but he was tired and nervous. And he comes back to his corner and he says, hey, and, they, and the coach looks at him and says, you don't have to go on if you don't want. And he goes, okay. So, so you're not going out. No, they wave off the fight. Never do that. Onami's corner said, you're going to go out there. You're going to go out there. Do you not want to go out there? Putting it in stark terms. Like Mr. Marcus said, you knew what the job was when you took it. You don't show up for a fuck film and expect to do no fucking. You came here for a fight. Are you going to fight? If you don't want to, you let me know. It is up to you. And dude got in there and fought his heart out to the very end. And he lost Onami, but everybody comes out of that fight a winner. I'm going to give you a hint as to where this is going. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody, everybody comes out a winner. California, they have to tell you, this was in San Diego, what the purses were. I can look it up. 
I think Onami may have gotten $12,000 for a fight that may have taken years off of his professional life. That be it as it may. Leave that alone for a second. I'm going to defend free market cap- free market capitalism for a second here. If, as my friend suggested, who's make it, who made that documentary film about uh, Thai boxing in Thailand, Muay Thai, if I agree to pay you in pork chops and you agree to fight for pork chops, eh, you don't have to fight for the pork chop if you don't want the pork chop. How am I the bad guy now? So on the one hand, I want to I want to defend the, the Mr. Marcusization, the Baldwin's Mr. Marcusization of, of the fight game. You don't have to do this. But for whatever reason, what I'm telling you right now is I'm only paying you $12,000 for this fight. I'm not going to pay you a, a nickel more. So, well, okay, let's look at the gate. Nash on Care Don't Care gave it a breakdown. Look at how much money was, I mean, because there's no pay-per-view points. Is, but look at the increased cost for ESPN Plus if you want to watch it legally. Look at the coverage of the gate. There was a boxing match yesterday in which the winner, winner singular, the winner singular's purse was larger than the entire payout for the whole oopsie card that started at one o'clock and ended at nine. Pork chops. Don't want to fight for the pork chops? Don't fight for the pork chops. And it was a random boxing card, as evidenced by the fact that I don't even remember the name of the guy who pulled in more than every single other fighter on the UFC card, the UFC card combined. Okay, that is as it, fine. I'm willing to accept that. Free market. And then the bald one doubles down. And the bald one says, listen, in the defense of free market capitalism, uh, you don't like what I'm paying people. I got an idea. Start your own organization. You can pay them what you want. That's right, 100%. Free market. Huh? Free market. Go ahead, do that. That's fine. In defense of the bald one, go ahead. Okay, dig a little deeper. The bald one could have, period, full stop, could have walked away from the conversation there and then said what Nash suggests is they're getting paid what they should get paid. Oh. Oh. Mary Wollencraft, who I incorrectly as, uh, uh, ascribed this to, to Aristotle, said that no man consciously does evil. So the bald one clearly thinks he's a servant of some kind of good. I've built this organization up from nothing. I've allowed people to feed their families with the pork chops I give them. I've allowed them to not have to get jobs always. Some people live in their cars who fight for me, can't afford health insurance. But that's certainly no different from America writ large. Javier right now is putting on his Facebook, Javier Mendez at AKA is putting on his Facebook right now pictures from around the AKA facility that have now become homeless encampments and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, RV uh, unhoused people uh, locations. 
And of course, predictably, people are loading in with the comments about how it's, uh, you know, they're politicizing it. And the fact of the matter is, this is an agnostic deal. Bill Burr finally got in my head of stuff I forgot. Because I remember when there had been mental institutions. And I remember when Reagan came in and pulled all the funding and they all closed. But that wasn't the only thing that closed them. Like Bill Burr suggests, they closed them because they were systematically abusing the people that were there. Willowbrook, Geraldo Rivera's snuck cameras into Willowbrook. And that was the first big you know, case. And we were shocked, shocked to discover people sitting in their own feces, wandering around. They were not treating homeless, uh, uh, mental patients well. In fact, I, a goodly portion of those mental patients, I think, would be happy to, have, to be where they are versus inside being fucked by doctors. So it was never a great shake. It was just where where you wanted to sequester the set, the, the insanity. In Willowbrook, where you didn't have to see them, and I didn't have to have them pooping on the sidewalk in front of me, or where they are now pooping on the sidewalk in front of me. Javier's putting, putting this stuff up on the AKA page. And the issue in my mind is with $97 billion surplus in California, why is the money not finding? Why is it why is it impossible for people to find a solution to the homeless problem? Houston has managed to do it. And I have to say, because they don't want to, to paraphrase Detective Harry Callahan, because they like it the way it is. It benefits them. So when the Baldwin says, I'm paying them what they should pay them, on the one hand, free market style, he's correct. On the other hand, his mentioning of this is is gratuitous. It is, it is the Marie Antoinette fuck you that gets people guillotined. Stop at, if you don't like the way I do business, you're welcome to do your own business. That's a truth. To make a statement, <laughs> a, a, categorical, a categorical statement that they're getting paid what they should, gets eerily close to, um, why do you think God has given me the strength to get up here and denied you the same? Like those ladder pullers who you've heard me talk about on older shows. Those people who you ask them, I'm not asking for a handout. I want a hand. Well, I said a hand. I suggest you use your skills and talents like I did to get up to where I am. Yeah, we have skills and talents, but you did have a hand. You use that ladder next to you. What ladder next to me? That ladder next to you. Could you lower that ladder? This is I don't know what ladder you're talking about. Well, how to get pulled up? I don't know. You're asking questions I can't answer. How about this? I believe you pulled that ladder up to deny me access. And they go, no, no, it wasn't me. It was God. God has made a determination that they're getting paid exactly as they should be paid. A guy fights his heart out, gets his head beaten in. Third round. What are his options? If he had better places to be, I guarantee you he'd be there. He didn't. He doesn't. So he won't. And when they hold up this uh, uh, Lorindo woman who's been fighting since she was 13, fights her ass off against the Mexican woman whose name I can't pronounce. And also pulls in like $12,000. You have to look. I've, I've made the connection to porn before. 
The only reason that any of us can watch porn who watch porn is because we believe that the people engaged in pornography are there willingly. Outside of the perverted few, that most people are there willingly. Even if you like the extreme, extreme porn that, you know, we oh, maybe the person didn't expect this, but that's somewhat that they knew they would be getting fucked and that a certain amount of acting is involved. Very few of us like to watch a, a woman I know who was in the porn industry in another country said a friend of hers that went from prostitution into porn showed up for a porno shoot not knowing that it was a massive gangbang and didn't have a good time that day. Whatever was the outcome of this, no matter how they tried to pitch it, I think pitch it, you would find it distasteful. So that, is your distaste virtuous? I don't know, another friend of mine was drugged before a film shoot by Max Hardcore. And uh he had sex with her and urinated her uh, 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 during the shoot. Her gripe was that she hadn't consented to either being drugged or urinated upon. But more specifically, what she was angry about was the fact that he denied the existence of the drugging and two, that she looked bad, which was fundamentally bad for her brand. She took him to court, got him arrested, and the judge threw the case out because later she returned and did very much sans the, the urine, the very much the same video, but without the drugging. The judge, a woman judge, said to the other woman, well, how bad could it have been? So she lost. Max Hardcore eventually went to, went to prison for some tax-related thing, but not for this other case. I can pay you in pork chops. It doesn't mean I should. And watching, uh, 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 she's 20. She was one of the youngest person on the card. She's been a pro since she was 18. And she's been fighting since she was 13. I have three daughters who were doing mixed martial arts at 13. Went on to become state wrestling champions. And you have to say, well, Eugene, Eugene, your daughters were already doing this, right? Weren't they already doing this? And if they were doing it well enough so that they could play professionally, whether it was golf or basketball or lacrosse, wouldn't you have supported this effort? Like LeBron James from high school to, to the pros, wasn't that something that you would? Well... The sports you've mentioned, golf, basketball, I don't know about lacrosse and these other things, seem to be equitable engagements. Tiger Woods didn't leave Stanford to get paid in pork chops. Naomi Osaka didn't, whatever, sidestep her, her, her uh, college career tennis for pork chops. Moreover, whoever's head of the golf organization didn't subsequently say that the fighters who do fight for pork chops are getting less than what they deserve. He's saying, getting. 
It's like my same feelings when I saw Steven Tyler wearing a shirt. I go, well, Steven Tyler is rich. So what really what Steven Tyler is saying is blow me, eat me. And I have a, a mixed Aristotelian virtues, temperance, courage, fortitude, and the other one. The bald one is not a virtuous man. Yes, he is correct. He can give the Nelk brothers as much money as you want. He can pay out to Brazilian prostitutes as much as he wants. He can give waitresses as much as he wants if it's his money. But that's where I have a problem. Is it his money? Is it his money? I mean, I'm sure he's built up an organization where he has to be the first one at the with the bite at the apple, but those cats don't show up for work. He has no apple to have a bite out of. And his attitude in market capitalism remains the same. You don't want to show up for work, don't show up for work. And the ranks break. The ranks, ranks break, and one guy crosses that picket line, and then you got a bunch of scabs fighting for 12 grand. I mean, I don't know what you know about money. But after taxes and gym fees, if you live in a major urban center and you don't want to share an apartment, you have to pay first and last month's rent, and you got groceries and gas and insurance. That 12 grand is nothing. It means something to an 18-year-old. You know, something I, I alluded to on, show, uh, on shows past I haven't wanted to get into was um, Nick Diaz. If you've been reading about the surgery he needed on his neck before the Lawler fight and about how bad off he is. The rumors that I get is that Nick is homeless. And broke. And took that fight to come up with the money to pay for the surgery for his neck. Is interested in fighting again. Jake Shields is quoted as saying uh, that the industry is full of snakes. Seeming to be pointing fingers at people who have taken advantage of Nick and misappropriated his funds. As part of the same article, a, a journalist tracked down uh, Nick's manager, head of his team, Caesar Gracie, and Caesar Gracie confirmed that Nick has been having health problems, financial problems, and so on. Hmm. So part of the solution to that was to have Nick fight Lawler. He had a choice, Hamsat or, or Lawler. And he said, I respect Lawler. I'll fight Lawler instead. He's an honorable man. And he fought him. And had the money for his surgery, which supposedly the oofsie was supposed to pick up some of. I don't know if that ever happened. But now that he's better and he's now, now five years, six years out, however many years out, He's going to redouble it. He's now training somewhat in a restricted schedule while he fully rehabs the neck. 
Let's switch topics for a bit. Let's switch topics for just a little bit. Um, you know, I'm a fan of chickens. They make great pets. Uh, they really do make great pets. Um, and if you want to keep them just to lay eggs, you're fine. I'm switching topics. Uh, uh, switching topics here. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm always worried about losing my chickens. But I've been assured, I've been assured by uh, the guard fox that I have that my chickens are safe. So uh, I keep going out and I'm like, Foxy, I think I had 10 chickens here yesterday. The fox is like, no, 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 no. No, no, you counted wrong. We only had eight. The next day I said, hey, did you say we had eight? Fox is like, I never said that. There's six. No, I'm pretty sure we had 10. It's easy to see. Look with your own eyes. There are four. Well, what happened to the six? What are you talking about, six? You got four fucking chicks. Did I say four? I meant two. Chicky, Foxy, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you eating these days? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I pick up grubs here and there. I caught a couple of frogs a few days ago. You know, I don't really need to eat much. Guys like Sugar Sean O'Malley. There's nothing I hate worse. Worse than a yes man, isn't that, Sean? Are like these fighters complaining about money? They need to realize that the, the Baldwin is one of the best things that ever happened to. Hmm. The Baldwin told you you only had two chickens, huh? Only two? Did I say two? No, man. You told me you were going to go out and buy some chickens. You never had them. You got me first to protect them, but you never had them. I would have protected you from them. I would have protected them. Where are they? Go ahead and get the chickens. I'll protect them. Get me get some chickens. More. No, chickens. Not more. Chick chickens. I mean, the reality of it is, you know, if you don't pay attention to the dollars, the dollars will pay attention to something else. Somebody who cares about them. Somebody who loves them. Now, Dominic Cruz. He got a bit of money. I think it was 175000 to Cheeto got 300000 for last night's fight. That doesn't feel bad. That doesn't feel bad. And I did, uh, Rivera turned in a great performance. You could see it was, for Team Old Guy, it was crushing. It was crushing. I, I, ha I have to say, I, I, and I'll tell you why it was crushing. Because there are many ways he could have won that fight. But the way in which he actually won the fight was pain, painful. Because he won the fight very specifically. The kid is still crying. She's not napping yet. So she's been crying for 43 minutes. Fist times you equals I see you. It was like he was seemed kind of scattered this first and second round. And by the third round, he was like, okay, I got you. I got you. And the kick to the face, he says, according to Jason Perillo, he was like, I want to give you a combination, and I want you to top it off with that kick because he he's always dipping out that side door, close that side door. 
here. He, he, he gives a combination, dips out to the right, runs into a kick, effortlessly delivered down. It was like almost a walkaway shot. He got a couple of shots in there. And Cruz from old days, dude, as soon as the ref got it, he was about to hop back up, but he was like, yeah, okay. He started to take his gloves off, and then the man that he is, he's like, yeah, you know what, this dude's moment. I don't know if this thought process went through his head. I'm not going to retire now. I'm not going to do it in this stage. And understand where he was. He's right on the cusp of old guyitude. Old guyitude has you sitting there going, I can take that guy. You know how many times a day I have that thought? I could take that guy. Fuck that guy. Antonio Brown? Fuck him. Well, he's fast. You put him and me out get I smoke him. These are thoughts I have on the regular. I'm sure you too. Fucking Tyson Fury. Fuck that guy. Take away his reach. What has he got? Nothing. So I understand, I understand Cruz being in there. And I understand him staying in there. And I understand $175,000 is not a lot of money for a guy who doesn't really have a team. You know, I'm not paying a bunch of manager. I do it myself. It doesn't change the fact that uh, that uh, the land where uh, uh, Onami fight, those guys got paid nothing. And they're in a killer division. So now they're cares, bona fide cares. As soon as you get Landwehr translated, so I can understand what the fuck he's saying, we'll be in business. I'm sorry, I'm, my friends from the American South. It's hard sometimes for a Yank to understand the. the, the, the I understood. My mama didn't raise no bitch, and then after that, I was like, pops, hisses, don't get you. I've been all over the South, and sometimes I just had to tap out. It has something to do with the window. <laughs> Guy comes in, something to do with the window. Outside of that, I'm lost. You're looking at the window. I know it has something to do with the window. Other than that, I'm like in the heat of the night. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So these guys are bona fide cares now. But does that also mean that they get 24 grand? They're 45, 45, 50, 50. And they say people have latched on this 50 performance bonus. I think it was Steph who says that's just an arbitrary number. You give him 100000 you give him 200000 it hasn't changed. In fact, if you look at over time, that's amortized. It's lower than it had been. <laughs> Shit, Trinidad. So, and what is, it, what is the deal with these African fighters who come out strong as fuck the first round and then just, just blow it? Who was I don't know who that cat was who fought. Not not talking about Nami. He fought like a man from beginning to end, but there was another cat earlier on the card, you know. Also, I raised for the first time, John put it correctly, he goes, Eugene's a nipple whisperer, but by virtue of the fact that I've been doing relation some version of relationship counseling for over the last over the last 20 years, I'm having to say, uh, what's going on with Nina and Amanda? I didn't see a lot of love there. And they said, oh, no, they said, we're going to expand our family. I said, there was no we. I heard Nina say, I want more children. They didn't say anything about, we're going to have more children, or we're expanding our family. She was hugging up on her daughter, but Amanda might have got as much attention in there. And I got Amanda, this is her moment. I don't want to steal her moment. 
that's fine. You can take the back seat, but at some point you approach your partner, you hug, you give a kiss, you acknowledge. The primary bread earner in that fucking household. But showing love, Nina was like, yeah, whatever, with my daughter, my daughter, I have more children. Is there trouble in paradise? Don't know. Don't know. But I smell it. And am I the only one who it feels fairly, uh, look, when they called me to tell me Kurt Cobain had killed himself, air quotes, the first words out of my mouth were good. The guy got depressed. Come on, Eugene, don't be an asshole. Like, what do you mean? If a guy like that can't be happy, what chances do the rest of us have? And a friend of mine was having problems recently. He's probably listened to this show. I texted him about the, the three-legged dog uh, uh, parable, which I've shared on the show before. If I have a dog and one day jump up with my machete and chop that dog's leg off, before that calendar year is out, that dog is back to being a happy dog. Making do with three legs, yeah, that kind of sucks. I remember having four. I got three. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any clocks at home that run backwards. I'm making the best of it. I'm fucking as happy as I could be because you know what? I'm still alive. I'd rather be still alive with three legs than dead with a four. It's all right. I got to let shit go. Dude feeds me. There you go. If, if, if humans could have the same kind of equanimity about their personal misery, you know, but at that same time, then you don't care about money. And if you don't care about money, if you don't care about the pork chop that they give you, then it becomes a question of will. You're going to fight for $12,000. The fuck I am. Oh, you want more money? No. Well, you're just you're getting paid what you what, what you should get. Should. That's an interesting determination for you to make. When was the last time you did anything for twelve thousand dollars outside of giving it to one of your Brazilian prostitutes? Well, good point. How much would you like? It's not what I would like, it's what you should give me. <laughs> it's free market capitalism. What does should mean in free market capitalism? Should means whatever you can live with, my friend. People come to me and they say, Eugene, could you sing on our new record? And I go, yeah, I have to like the song. There has to be a video attached to it. Uh, if there's no video, I'm not doing it. People, more people watch Oxbow and Boonwell videos than ever have bought the record. So clearly, if I want exposure, I want you to do a video. Okay. Third thing is, I got to get paid. Oh, well, I, I didn't tell you what. You pay me what you think it's worth. You know, and the Marx Brothers, they come and say, hey, I'm looking for two tough guys. You guys tough? He goes, well, that depends. He goes, what does it depend on? Because how much you pay? Because what does that have to do with anything? He goes, well, you pay a little. I'm a little tough. You pay a lot? Now I'm a lot tough. He goes, well, I pay plenty. He goes, well, then we're plenty tough. That's what you should pay me. You should pay me what I'm worth. What is that? That's Aristotelian virtue of justice, that the scales balance equally. Now, if you come into it and say, you know what? Off of this fight, I was able to build a Malibu beach house. I don't expect that you will be able to buy a Malibu beach house, but driven by conscience and the American spirit of fair play, 
I'm going to give you $500,000 for this fight. One thing unexpected, it would increase the churn because you get a you get a 19, 20 year old guy who gets a few of those $500,000 fights under his belt. He's probably not fighting again. Increasing the churn, making your business less stable. Yeah, <laughs> you saw the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what to tell you. On the one hand, I think if you're willing to paint my house for $20, I'd be a fool to pay you any more than $20. On the other hand, if I have more than $20 to pay for painting my house, I'd be a piece of shit for not giving it to you. So on the one hand, I'm defending the bald one. On the other hand, I'm calling the bald one a piece of shit. Because pieces of shit need to be defended as well, I guess. Cachoeira was a good fight. Knocked out the broad in like 45 seconds. Not much to say. I started watching with Nunes. There were a couple of earlier fights. That heavyweight fight, Steph and the care don't care was trying to work up some heat about it. Those guys both look like garbage to me. I didn't care. The guy was high five and low five. He was trying to, where he couldn't make up with it in sport, he was trying to make up with it with entertainment, and I was not entertained. But I don't want to. I don't want to leave you. I don't want to leave you in a in a in a crap situation. So let's switch gear. I don't want. I want to. I want to leave you laughing. Let's switch gears. If if Mark Thompson is still listening, he should know. I get a call from an ex. Now you might know this ex from the 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 pod the Aussie Confidential podcast, uh, my PhD in crack. Uh, Josephine Knockoff, where uh, she was an ex of mine, world renowned Nietzsche scholar, professor at Wake Forest, and uh, uh, had written with Alexander Nehamas intros to books on Nietzsche, former beauty queen, Swedish royalty. And later on in the equation, uh, a crack whore. And we're still in touch. We're still friendly. And she uh, uh, texted me recently and said, my daughter, 17-year-old daughter, is going to be in San Francisco with her aunt to hang out with her father for a couple of days. He lives out here in Santa Cruz. Um, could you, uh, did you, would you want to stop by and say, oh, yeah, have her stop by. That's why the show is late and I haven't gotten to the Substack. She came by and she said to her mother, she goes, is this one of your piece of shit exes or is this one of the good ones? She goes, no, it's Eugene. He's one of the good ones. So she stops by with uh, Christine Shields. Uh, Christine Shields is a longtime San Francisco musician. She's friends with the people in the Enablers, has done music with them, people in band Tarnation and different bands. She plays guitar, sings, keyboard, paints. Um, And she and her niece, my ex's daughter, are going to Los Angeles to meet with a friend who's got a record store. And I said, oh, what record store? And I don't remember the name, sadly, Mr. MT, but it uh, is connected to a big bookstore. And I said, well, that was a business model that Mr. MT had. And she goes, I'll mention his name because they should know each other. I guarantee you they do. Sadly, I don't remember the name of the store. Um, but uh, I'm talking to, uh, uh, my ex's daughter and it was just eerie, eerie. Cause she's a year younger than, than when I met her mother for the first time. 
And I'm talking to my mother at some point and said, you know, uh, something about, I mean, I, you know, I'm turning 60 soon. I don't care. She goes, my mother goes, what? My mother says, what? I said, I'm, I'm turning 60 soon. She goes, what did you just say? I go, I'm turning 60 soon? She goes, God, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> I was like, yeah, right? She goes, yeah, you know, my mother, my, 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 my grandma used to do the same thing. Like, what the? When did that? We gotta, we gotta fix this. I can't be having people knowing how old I am based on how old you are. I go, good. Let's crank it down twenty years. I'm fine telling people that I'm turning forty. I'm forty, wonderful. <laughs> In fact, everybody knows how I feel about Team Old Guy. They sent me the clip of that black guy on the bus in Chicago, and some twenty-something uh, white kid is 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 fucking with him, calling him nigger this and nigger that. Go, I dare you to hit me. Go ahead, go ahead, try it, try it. And finally, the old man has it, and he beats the fuck out of this kid, leaves him bloodied and his pants full of urine on the platform. Kid beats him and throws him out. And you know, everybody's kind of, kind of cheering. I go, but you know, this kind of pretty solidly ruined this old man's day. He didn't need this kind of action. Whereas a guy like me, who like some people dream about their wedding night, dreams about some mago fool making that approach, it's a part of my jujitsu dream. Like, man, where would he had he the motive and cue for passion that I had? That guy would have gone, hey, mother, it would have been, I've been waiting. Waiting and procrastinating. But the underscore thing is the more I hear and the more I talk to everybody, all the cats I know. Jimmy Gestapo, you know who Jimmy Gestapo is? Jimmy Gestapo had an event. He had a birthday two days ago, turned 57. And then before that, he had a uh, he's having a birthday thing on a boat coming up. He's a singer and founder of the band Murphy's Law in New York, New York Hardcore. And he had some event, unnamed, where things got bad vis-a-vis -vis him and the audience. And he says, look, I was drinking. And then he said recently in his apology video, I should apologize because I was an asshole, but I'm not going to be doing this forever. And all of these cats I know who have made that same calculation are like, I have no health care concerns as long as I'm working. Do I really want to work until I'm 80 just because of health care? And they're all bailing. At this point, it has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with quality of life. And I told you about the Bunuel tour where like I found the guys in Italy, the guys in France, the guys in Spain, all these old hardcore cats I know are moving. Unless they got it made in the shade here, got family money, or been squatting still, they're leaving. Or living someplace that they inherited from a family member, leaving. Because even if you do that, 28% of the GoFundMe monies are healthcare related. The guy who runs you GoFundMe was talking to a guy I take jujitsu with. He goes, I'm part of the healthcare solution in America. And that's pathetic. Pathetic. I guess I'm back on a downer note. I don't know how to. I don't know how to steer this thing out out of a out of, out of a downer note, except to tell you a joke. That's apropos. Two guys are in a bar and they're drinking. It's a really tough bar. It's the toughest bar in town. And he goes, hey, man, I'm tired. Why don't you settle up so we can go home? He goes, settle up. 
I thought you had the drinks. Because I don't have the drinks. Get your get your wallet paid for the drinks. Because I don't have money to pay for the drinks. These guys are gonna kill us. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No, no, don't panic. I got an idea. And he takes the cocktail Frank off the bar. You know, this is, you know, they're peanuts and they had cocktail Franks. And he puts it through his, his zipper. He goes, act like you're blowing me. And they'll beat us up and throw us out. So he jumps off his bar stool, sticks the, the hot dog Frank through his zipper. And they go, get, get the fuck down, you motherfuckers. And they beat him up and they throw him out. And they're like, whoa, do you want to end the night like this? Fuck no. They go to another bar, get the most expensive drinks on the menu, put the guy that there, but boom, don't out. Get another bar. Four bars in, the sun is almost coming out. They're like, whoa. I gotta go home, man. I'm beat. And the other guy says, You're beat. I lost that cocktail, Frank, two bars ago. I'm sorry, guys. That's all I got. It's depressing. It is depressing. These four virtues. You know what the virtue that I can get behind? How do I say happiness without sounding facile and stupid? <laughs> you know, we're all going to die. Try to keep a sunny disposition like me. <laughs> oh, you, you, Eugene, you mean the ones who just led me down the dark alley, left me there. I should be like, well, I'm standing in the sunlight now. I suggest you use your strengths and talent to get out of that dark alley like I did. Strength to tell us nothing. Use that ladder. What ladder? The ladder right next to you. You know, it's so dark down there. I can't see any ladder. I'm trying to show you the ladder. <laughs> I'm not trying to conceal the ladder from you, but it's a hard ladder to get a hold of. Because certain parts of it, the virtuous parts of it, have to do with courage, but then certain parts of it have to do with less than virtuous behavior, which is like, I don't have time to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I my favorite my favorite guy in all that stuff is Glaucon because he'll ask one question and dude will go on for like fifteen pages. You got to imagine Glaucon at one point be like, "Yo, bro, I'm here." I, you know, I've been trying to say something for the last ten minutes. Can I get a pause in edgewise? You fucking Greek prick. Anyway, that's show. I'm now going to go and write the Substack because I haven't done it yet. And I want to talk about my time with Salman Rushdie, which I alluded to today when they made me cover his event for Ozzy Fest in New York. And I was like, this is a clear and present danger. And you guys are acting like it's not. And they, instead of like one of those guys who ran the building to make sure he was okay, I was one of those guys stay outside go, I hope he's going to be okay. And he was a pretty entertaining guy who is now stabbed in the eye and stabbed in the neck. Always take that shit seriously. Always. Always, always, always. Anyway, this is 225 of the Eugenist Robinson. <laughs> Do not die. Monday afternoon at uh, Care Don't Care, bust out. If you follow me on the Twitter machine, I will tweet it out. At Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. Mr. Sleep, the number three on, uh, on uh, Instagram. Tuesday, if the shoes fit, is back after a two-week hiatus. Alexi, Kidnate, and me. Make people listen to the showstopper. I have news for you that's both good and bad news. I have a downward limit. 
if we if we fall below a hundred views, I'm gonna stop the show. I'm almost getting to the edge where I'm doing too much. Well, and I'm feeling that now with the writing of the memoir. I think the last show we had 275 views. That's fine for me. If it falls below 100, watch out. Next week, on the you hear on Care Don't Care, think I had two cares on the card. That tells you where you need to be. Or three. Jose Aldo fight and the other two, which I don't even remember at this point. So that's the week. Try not to die. Sounds like the kid has finally gone to sleep. Subscribe to the Look What You Made Me Do newsletter at Substack. It'll come in your email. You don't have to wait. And because she's sleeping, I will not scream, but it remains the same. Look what you made me do.